these are people that I know, you know, these mm. are people that I've been in their homes. These are people that I, I know are serving Christ in their ministries. And, and it, it makes it very personal. The, one of our broadcasters in Slavyansk, the town that I mentioned earlier that has been on the leading edge of this war since 2014, uh, working at the radio station there, she posted a 17-second video online. She was already in the family car waiting with her children and their pet, waiting for her husband to lock the back gate of their home and run to the car, jump in the car, and drive away. And it just struck me, you know, what? Can, yeah. can you imagine driving away from your home with everything you can possibly cram in that car, not knowing if you would ever return to that home or not, or if you did, if it would even be there? And it was later discovered that they drove 36 hours simply to reach the western part of Ukraine. It's watering time, everybody. It's time for Apollos Watered, a podcast to saturate your faith with the things of God so that you might saturate your world with the good news of Jesus Christ. My name is Travis Michael Fleming, and I am your host. And today we're we're departing from our regular schedule. We're not talking about a watering Wednesday or a deep conversation, but we're going to be talking about all of the events and what's happening in the Ukraine. I had scheduled two guests, Sergei Rakuba, president of Mission Eurasia, and Wayne Shepard, a ministry veteran. Christian Radio for over 30 years, worked with so many different pastors and ministries over the years. But Sergey, right before we were to go on air, was tied up with some of the issues happening on the ground in Ukraine and couldn't be on the show. But Wayne so courageously agreed to fill in his spot and talk through some of the issues that he's seen and some of the things that he knows that are happening on the ground, as well as some practical ways that we can get involved and help right now. But without further ado, this is my conversation with Wayne Shepard on the Ukraine. Wayne Shepard, welcome to Apollos Watered. It's great to see you. How are you doing? Thank you, Travis. I'm doing fine. Thank you. I'm doing a whole lot better than a lot of brothers and sisters in other parts of the world right now. That's what we're going to talk about, right? Yeah, that is exactly what we're going to talk about. I know that you are intimately involved in the details of what's going on in the ground. You've been involved with missions in Ukraine and the Far East Broadcasting Company. But I just wanted people to know, I mean, they they many people know who you are. You've been around in the radio business, a longtime veteran. You've worked with so many different people, but your heart has always been to connect with people and help them. And I know your heartbeat has been in uh, the land of Ukraine, Russia, what's going on there with Mission Eurasia. Yes. Share a little bit about your involvement with them. Sure. Well, um, I, I've been a radio guy my whole life. I mean, I went on the radio when I was 18 years old. I worked uh, for 30 plus years on Moody Radio in Chicago, which was heard around the country. I've worked on, uh, on a freelance basis with uh, ministries like Josh McDowell. We did a radio program together for many years. I did Promise Keepers on radio for many years and just projects like that. Uh, Fifteen years ago, I the Lord led me away from Moody. I thought away from Moody, hmm. and I became a freelance person hosting uh, radio programs for other ministries. 
And then a couple of years ago, I got back involved with Moody again on a part-time basis because they asked me to host a, a program for their new president. So I'm still heard on Moody every day. Uh, many people don't know I left that network uh, because they hear me every day, but I haven't really been in their employ. I actually retired from Moody many years mm. ago. So I know I don't look that old, Kevin. I really, <laughs> I, you, you, don't, you don't have to agree. <laughs> um, but along the way, uh, on a volunteer basis, I got involved with a couple of organizations and eventually ended up on the boards of these organizations. Uh, one is Mission Eurasia which uh, was formerly known as Peter Dynica Russian Ministries. Peter and Anita Dynica were pioneer ministry, uh, missionaries in Russia. And uh, long before the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, Peter's father even was known to me as Peter Dynamite. That's what mm. he was known as. He was Ukrainian and he was, just, I remember hearing him preach when I was a teenager. So I grew up praying for the, the, uh, the church behind the Iron Curtain. And then uh, Peter started his own ministry a number of years ago, and then the Lord called him home, and Anita, his wife, was the president of the mission. And when she stepped down, uh, Sergei Rakuba became the president of Mission Eurasia. We renamed the organization, serving the countries of the former Soviet Union. So, uh, and, and just to extend the story just a little bit, back when I was working with Josh McDowell, it was the late 80s and early 90s. And when Glasnost happened and the and the and communist system fell apart, ministry became possible in the countries of the former Soviet Union. And Josh was really one of those people who stepped into the gap uh, with Christian literature and other things. And so I I went on a couple of trips to Russia back in the early 90s, and that's where my heart was really cemented uh, with that part of the world, and and uh, love the opportunities I've had to serve. So that was my involvement with uh, with Mission Eurasia. And then you mentioned Far East Broadcasting Company is something that uh, I've had a, a long association with as a board member. Um, my good friend, Ed Cannon. Ed Cannon is the president of FEBC with radio stations in 50 countries, but you know places like China and Southeast Asia and Russia and Ukraine, where there are seven radio stations, believe it or not, uh, FM stations, and uh, just a ton of online listeners uh, in in Ukraine and beyond. So those things together bring me to you today as someone who just has a, a real concern for what's going on in that country right now. Well, there are a lot of things going on. It seems to be changing by the moment. Uh, yeah. Truth be told, we had our friend Sergey was going to be on the program with us. But yes, right. Couldn't, couldn't get away because of some things that are happening on the ground and he's yeah. getting reports that are there. Thank you for mentioning that. Sergey Rakuba is president of, of Mission Eurasia, and he was up until the last minute going to join us, and then another emergency came up. And I just urge our listeners to pray for Sergey, who is a native Ukrainian. Of course, he's a U.S. citizen now, lives in Tennessee. But um, he's on the phone and on the Internet constantly networking with our staff who remained because you, Ukraine was our headquarters for Mission Eurasia for all of the uh, former Soviet Union countries. And we have many, many staff there who had to flee and uh, walk away from our building in Kiev. And so he's on the phone with them in, in, when they're, you know, they're displaced persons or even refugees into other countries. So pray for him. Uh, this last-minute phone call that prevents him from joining us is just indicative of the kind of days he's having right now. 
what what are you hearing? I mean, we we hear the reports on new, the news media, but we're yeah. not hearing the personal testimonies and the experiences of those those believers yeah. that are on the ground. What are you right. hearing right now? Well, obviously, I can't uh, comment on the uh, military situation. Of course, it changes hour by hour anyway. Yeah. So whatever I say now might be updated an hour from now. But what we're what I'm generally hearing. Uh, from the Mission Eurasia side of the ministry is um, our, our staff did evacuate to uh, a couple of places. They went to western Ukraine, which is a little safer. It's not exactly safe, but doesn't have quite the military occupation that other parts of Ukraine have. Or they crossed the border into Poland, or they crossed the border into Moldova. Now, they are networking um, with our, our all of our previous contacts, our our, our pastors that we con- that we uh, connected with over the years, and our, our one of our main things is training the next generation of leaders. So we have tons and tons of twenty and thirty somethings that are still in places like Kiev and Zaporozhye, and uh, cities that are really you know feeling the brunt of the Russian assault right now. So, and, and story after story, Travis, of, of, of heroism. I mean, these people are just incredible for how they're standing up to the invaders, mm-hmm. people that they never, never really thought would ever enter their country as aggressors the way they are uh, because of the cultural connection. Many of them speak Russian. And yet here are these these Russian soldiers coming in and, and taking over their towns and villages. And so I'm just hearing these stories of, you know, uh, living in church basements and living in the subway systems and and trying to find uh, food. And and I just uh, was talking to Sergey earlier this morning about a woman who was about to give birth. Mm. And, and the family had a garage that happened, as, as they describe it, it sounds like an oil change pit, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in a garage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a pit in the floor of the garage. They hid in that pit and pulled something over it as a lid. And she's pregnant, expecting a baby at almost any time. And somebody who had evacuated knew that they were still back home where they were in danger. They drove back into the conflict area to rescue this family and get them out. And as of a couple hours ago, we haven't heard if she's had the baby yet or not, but uh, just story after story of people who are just doing incredible things and and showing such um, resolve to stand up for their country and stand up for liberty, and at the same time minister the gospel to people all around them. Uh, This is what's encouraging my heart so much. It's funny that you mentioned the prayer or a woman giving birth. We had a prayer meeting for Ukraine at Apollos Water the other night when a Zoom prayer meeting, and one of the women just felt this overwhelming sense that she needed to pray for those women who have been displaced and yeah. and were in labor or pregnant, and just to pray for them, uh, because we we think of the the stories of of war of tanks, but you forget about the humanity. Yes. I mean, and yeah. and fortunately with media the way that we have it today, to see the the videos, I, I posted a video of a man who is you know, and I think many have seen it, of the man putting his daughter on a bus as he's getting ready to. Oh, that heartbreaking! Flee. Oh my it, goodness. It is. It's just heartbreaking across the board, but yet you've seen, it seems that so many people are, are rising up and the world seems to be coming around Ukraine. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I, you know, I, I, um, I work with a public policy group and a Christian group and liberty is our, one of our main themes. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, w- we couldn't have programmed a situation where the whole world is thinking about the importance of liberty and freedom 
mm -hmm. way the whole world is thinking about it right now because of what's going on in Ukraine. And uh, it's just wonderful that the way the everybody has rallied. You know, you see the the demonstrations, even in some communist bloc countries, you yes. see some some demonstrations that takes great courage. And I saw a photo today that was taken kind of uh, in secret by the, the the lady who whose photo was being taken didn't really know she was being photographed mm -hmm. by her, a journalist but she had on a yellow rain slicker and a blue scarf she looked just like the ukrainian flag sitting there on the moscow subway and it was just her private protest of what was going on you know so these are there's some people who are taking great risk in protesting this war and standing up for the ukrainians which is really impressive to see, um, not just people in the United States, but really around the world. E even in that prayer meeting that I mentioned to you, we had a young Russian man. And afterward, we spoke and, and he said, it's, it's been difficult um, mm -hmm. just being knowing my, my country. He grew actually uh, he grew up right across the border from Ukraine. Okay. And just the, the, the history, the feelings, the, the, the confusion in himself, but also people questioning him here. Right. Um, because he's Russian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. As if he's responsible for his government's actions. Right. In, in the middle of all this. But what else do you see that's going on with the, I mean, Mission Eurasia, they've evacuate, evacuated, but what are you seeing at FEBC with how okay. the, the well, radio is going on? FEBC has uh, just in the last few years um, developed seven FM radio stations. Now, I was there in 2016, and I did travel to the Donbass Provi province rather, that um, where all the fighting was being done by the separatists who had taken over at that point. Um, shortly before I got there, they had uh, moved into the city of Slavyansk, and they went into a church where one of the FEBC radio stations was and seized and killed four young men. They actually tortured them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a horrible story. Uh, so we have these, these men who were martyred, uh, who worked on the radio and worked at the church there. But I got to visit Slavyansk and see the uh, damage that had been done there in the war zone. So that was a little bit of a background of my involvement there. But over the last few years, the Ukrainian government has allowed these radio stations and encouraged these radio stations to be built. Um, and it's not just radio, uh, the, the ministry of the radio station itself, but these programs are on the Internet as, as Facebook Live and, and that sort of thing. They are reaching millions of people. They have documented uh, millions of people who are listening to these programs. And they're still, as of this morning, I got the report that six of the seven radio stations are still on the air every mm -hmm. day. Even though the staff have largely evacuated some of them, they have moved to a part of the country where they can locate in one of the radio stations and make that radio station the hub to feed the others. So they're still on the air every day, counseling listeners, providing hope, reminding them that God cares, providing a telephone counseling line uh, for both radio listeners and internet listeners to call into. So uh, FEBC's ministry has largely been, um, you know, it's it's going on in the midst of all this. I won't say it hasn't been interrupted. I'm sure there have been some interruptions, but praise God, they're still able to do what they're there to do. So It's tremendously encouraging to hear the stories coming out, seeing the videos of churches still worshiping or people yeah. singing in yeah. subway stations and praising God in the middle of all this. Right. I think many of our Christian friends, though, here in the West are asking 
how do we get involved? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we pray more specifically? What else can we do outside, yeah. besides prayer to help our brothers and sisters in Ukraine? Right. Of course, we need to be reminded that prayer is a big part of this. And, and I it have really to remind is. myself that, you know, uh, that the prayer is so very important here. But I understand that we, in many ways, feel helpless, don't we? So far away and so disconnected from what's going on there. Um, perhaps I could talk about what Mission Eurasia is doing. Yes. Um, we have a long history. We're not a large organization, but we do have a long history of providing humanitarian care. And we network again with pastors and churches throughout the countries of the former Soviet Union, emanating all from Ukraine. And whenever we send out humanitarian aid, there's always uh, printed materials, uh, scripture and other Bible study materials available and and, uh, distributed at the same time. We're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. The most important Bible translation is the one you read. At Apollos Watered, we use several different translations when we're studying, preaching, or teaching. But again and again, we keep coming back to the New Living Translation, the NLT. That's why we are excited to partner together. We are united in the belief that understanding the Bible changes everything. Because if you can't understand it, then you won't read it. We want you to know the God of the Bible, to water your faith so that you will water your world. That's why we recommend getting an NLT. It's the Bible in the language we speak. It's not foreign or complicated, but up close and personal. There's an NLT for everyone, from kids to adults, devotional Bibles, study Bibles, and so much more. Get one today, because understanding the Bible changes everything, and the NLT is the Bible you can understand. Uh, so now we've we've kicked into gear something called I Care Ukraine, which is an emergency relief fund. Knowing that there are many refugees, there are many displaced people. There there's our own staff that have you know they they've been uprooted from their homes and are living um, in some in some cases in different countries. So we need to support them. So we've created this fund called I Care Ukraine. And I'm glad to report that the the people are really responding to this fund in in tremendous ways. Uh, It's grown very quickly. And we set a goal, I'll be honest, of $850,000. And I don't know where we stand right now with that goal. A few days ago, we had reached half of it, just a couple Mm -hmm. of days into it. But I'm looking, you know, you mentioned I'm chairman. I'm looking at that fund thinking $850,000 is a drop in the bucket to what is going to be needed over the long haul here as these hundreds of thousands of people have become displaced. So we're beginning to pray about how big that fund's goal should be. Um, but I Care Ukraine is one way, and it's emergency food packages going to families. It's about $50 a food package, which is going to feed a family or four or five for a week. And it's it's medical care. It's temporary shelter because, you know, right now homes are opened up and Obviously, you know, we need to have a more permanent solution because it's going to be a long time. Even if they wanted to return and could return to their homes, in many, many cases, the homes aren't there anymore. Yeah, they're destroyed. They were destroyed in, in, the, in the bombing and in the, the missiles and the fighting. So temporary shelter uh, for thousands of refugees. Uh, trauma counseling is a part of this as well. So this is what all this money is going to go for. Mission Eurasia is an ECFA, 
approved organization. And again, we have a long track record of providing humanitarian aid. And we are networking with others like Samaritan's Purse, um, which uh, we work very closely together to help meet needs as well. So this money is going to places like Poland and um, uh, I can never think of the country, Moldova. Mm -hmm. I always want to say Macedonia, but it's Moldova. Moldova. Uh, Chisinau is the city, the capital city there, and it is the poorest country in, in Europe. But we have a network of churches there that have stepped up, and we want to provide them with the funds to take care of the refugees who go over the border into Moldova. So that's one thing that we can do. And, and FEBC has a fund set up as well uh, at their website, febc.org. What's the Mission Eurasia website? Is it just missioneurasia.org? Missioneurasia.org. That's right, missioneurasia.org. And if you have any listeners in Canada, we have a Canadian uh, site as well, missioneurasia.ca. Uh, but when you go to that website, there's a banner right on the front page that directs you to give to the Emergency Relief Fund for Ukraine. And uh, uh, my wife and I have given. I Many of my friends have given. I just heartily recommend that to listeners who want to do something tangible here to help something that you know is going to reach the people who need it the most. And as you said, it's a drop in the bucket because yeah. many experts are, are estimating that there will be, there will be almost 4 million uh, yeah. displaced persons. Yeah. Of course, none of us are, are, are profits in that sense that we're going to know exactly right. the amount of people and, right. and then the long-term effects of it. But people are going to need food, shelter, yeah. trauma counseling, all the things that you've mentioned. It's, and it's we are working with government organizations as well. We're working with USAID, that's a big provider of U.S. support, of humanitarian support for this part of the world right now. So um, we work closely with them. They, they many times assist us in getting our supplies into these places where they're hard to reach. You know, logistics are pretty pretty dismal right now. So Right. I mean, we have enough problems with the logistics in the United States. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. We've learned that lesson, haven't we? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can't imagine in the middle of a war zone and yeah. seeing what's going on. Yeah. What what's been your really broken your heart as you've seen this play out? I mean, you are personally involved. You've been to these places, unlike many of us. What's really God laid on your heart in the yeah. middle of all this? Well, this is the thing. This is uh, this is not some far off war. You know, in in my parents' generation, of course, it was World War II. My dad mm -hmm. fought in World War II, and. You know, the news was slow to travel, and it was, yeah. you know, even in that relatively advanced time, it was uh, weeks or months before news really reached him. Now we have this war being fought on TikTok and Facebook and, and Twitter, you know, and we're seeing this stuff. Um, and it's not some far off place, but even more than that, these are people that I know. You know, these mm. are people that I've been in their homes these are people that I, I know are serving Christ in their ministries, and, and it, it makes it very personal. The, one of our broadcasters in Slavyansk, the town that I mentioned earlier that has been on the leading edge of this war since 2014, uh, working at the radio station there, she posted a 17-second video online. She was already in the family car waiting with her children and their pet waiting for her husband to lock the back gate of their home and run to the car, jump in the car, and drive away. And it just struck me, you know, what? Can, yeah. can you imagine driving away from your home with everything you can possibly cram in that car, not knowing if you would ever return to that home or not, or if you did, if it would even be there? And it was later discovered that they drove 36 hours 
Oh my gosh. Simply to reach the western part of Ukraine. Now, Ukraine's a big country. That's probably like driving between Chicago and Washington, D.C., for instance. That's probably 14, 15 hours, maybe, but 36 yeah. hours to make that trip. And of course, getting fuel along the way had to be an issue. And the long lines of traffic, I mean, we've all seen that on the news, right? That had to be an issue as well. So that hmm. that really brought tears to me to see that family walk away from that home. Um, and I saw a video today of a youth pastor who's one of the broadcasters who was speaking to us from the, the basement of his church. And in the middle of his uh, explaining what they're going through, he said, I, I, the sirens just went off, I have to leave. And he he bolted, he was out, he was, go, he was off to take care of somebody else uh, who needed his attention at that point. So these are, these are really real people and this is happening in real time to these people that we're watching. Well, even the, the video that I, I first saw that someone posted of uh, a woman who seems to be at the, in her home or apartment building and has the camera pointed outside and you see a jet fly and then the missile yeah. come from the jet. I mean, that's real. I've that, not seen that. Oh my goodness. It, it, and it hits the building and her <laughs> child screams. And oh. I thought as a parent, everything within me yeah. just broke down. It's like, how, th this isn't news any longer. Yeah. This isn't headlines. This isn't media. This is, no. this is real life with people just like you and I with children and safety. That's the yeah. first word that came to my head, grab the child and go. And I, I thought I've not seen this. I mean, we've seen what's happened to the chilling pictures in Afghanistan. We've, we've known wars mm -hmm. in our lifetime and we see it and we can become quite numb to it, but this is just such a, a peace loving modern nation to see that happen. Is and it's just, all for no reason. Yeah. 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 What, what is the, what is the end game here for the Russian government and Putin? What, what do they hope to gain by this? I mean, it's all purely uh, egotistical, attacks. You know, he he wants to build a kingdom. He wants yeah. to rebuild a, the kingdom of the Soviet Union. And it it just, and what's going to happen once they occupy these places? Can they hold, hold on to them? I mean, we've seen the resilience of the Ukrainian people. And how about their leader, the president oh of Ukraine? How about that guy? Huh? <laughs> the, the, the craziest thing about him is I actually watched his TV show yeah. with oh, subtitles. Did you really? <laughs> and it's an incredible, funny show. Have you seen the show? No, I haven't. No, uh -uh. It's, it's the sh the show is about a, a history teacher who is uh, frustrated that he's he's a high school history teacher, or, uh, and his uh, class, one of the the administration comes in and pulls out the class to go put up political flyers, and he's a friend of his comes in, another teacher, and he's angry, and he goes on this kind of profanity laced rant. I hate to say, but another student had come back in and, and videotaped it on his phone and then posted on YouTube and it went viral. And the next thing you know, people are asking him to run for president in this TV show. Yeah. This is, this is a reality show. Yeah. 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 And, and what happens is, is he says, well, I don't have enough money to run it. Well, the kids put a GoFundMe up and they raise all the funds for him to run for president and he becomes president on yeah. this TV show. Yeah. And then the country, as a result of seeing him on the television show, elects him to be the president of the country, which is the craziest story. Life imitates art. You, you can't make this up. <laughs> no. But even his, he's got a bravado to yeah. him. Yeah. What's the expression? He said, I don't need a ride. I need ammo. Oh, that to me is a Churchillian quote. That is, oh, yeah. that was worthy of living through history. When the U S offered to evacuate him, he said, I don't, 
I need ammunition. He said, I need ammunition. I don't need a ride. Um, and I want to see the T-shirt with that on it now. I'm, I'm sure they're coming, right? Yeah, it's like his election to the presidency was. It'd be like Jerry Seinfeld being elected president in the U.S., right? It's crazy. It's to all think. about nothing. <laughs> yeah. It is, but yet here he is, and he is rising to the occasion. I, in oh. some ways, I think of kind of a, a Reagan-esque. You know, the actor, the background. Yeah, that of course. Type of, of course. That type of just someone who was very sensitive to media, but yeah, he he from an outsider's perspective, seems to be leading very courageously. He's proven to be an outstanding leader. And he came out of nowhere, as you say, from the world of comedy and entertainment to become this this world leader that is holding the line and inspiring his people. And we need to pray for him because, mm-hmm. you know, you know what his fate would be if the Russians were to, to find him. And I'm sure they'd love to find him. Oh, um, I, I'm actually in shock that he's not been found with all of the technology true. and, and yeah. tracking of phones. And yeah. I mean, this is a kind of a bizarre script to see be written. Here's the comedy right. actor as the president. And then right. the mayor of Kiev is a professional, was a former professional boxer, <laughs> but yet they are living and courageously defending their yeah. nation on the world stage in a yeah. way that is inspiring in a way though that's still heartbreaking to see the stories and watching the church though respond has been tremendously encouraging yeah, and challenging. Yeah. These individual people who have been given guns, you know, mm. um, I'm sure the number's higher. I was told 30,000 uh, AKGs were handed out. I'm sure it's higher than that now. But everybody getting their hands just to say, you know, and I, I saw the video clip of one person who said, I've never handled a gun in my life. Um, you know, I had a career doing thus and such. I'd never touched a gun, but I've completely changed my thinking now. I need to defend my country. I need to defend my home. Um, that's, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, but it's, it's very so um, humbling to see these people stand up the way they're standing up in the face of such overwhelming attacks against them with all the armament that's coming at them. But uh, so far, I mean, as we have this conversation, yes, the Russians have occupied a few of the cities, but they've not taken Kiev at this point. So, Which is phenomenal to me, uh, hearing that they're still still going, still yeah. fighting as of, uh, you know, whenever you hear this episode, right. but right. It, it's still tremendously inspiring and to see the world come around and the world also turn against Russia. Uh, and the Russian yeah. government is incredible to yeah. to witness on the world stage. And as a, you just want to know, Lord, what are you going to do with this? Yeah. I personally am hoping that this is uh, Putin's Waterloo. I hope that this is uh, the victory that looked obvious that that is going to be his downfall, with all the um, with all the the sanctions. And think what you mm-hmm. will about the sanctions. You know, over time they will hurt deeply. They're already beginning to hurt the Russian economy. So. Maybe that'll be enough to bring him to his knees. I don't know, but um, that's my personal hope. Well, I, I hope it ends quickly. My fear is, as of today, there was talk of even him having his nuclear people stand by yeah, right. at the ready. High, high and, alert, yeah. Yeah, which is terrifying on, on the world stage. You don't yeah. want to see the entire part of Europe just... Right. 
sink into World War Three. Yeah. That yeah. that's our, our biggest fear. Absolutely, but I a lot, do, to, lot to pray about, huh? Oh, it is. And, but I think also seeing how many people online have carried up the banner and said, "I am praying, mm-hmm. I am praying," and people are praying, and and you get reports. Um, and again, I don't know where all oftentimes where these reports come from. You always have to check your sources and, <laughs> and to see if this is legitimate. But God is answering, and God I is so. Uh, it's it's tremendously encouraging. Yeah. So so how else can people get involved? How can people pray? Let's let's talk about that for a moment. Okay. Well, pray? let let's pray for these pastors who have remained behind. Mm. They are at their post, so to speak, even though the pulpit very often is in the basement of their church now. But they're at their post, um, and people know that they can come to the church and uh, find shelter in the basement of these churches. So let's pray for those pastors. Let's pray for the people who have left their homes. Now, here's the other thing we haven't talked about, and that is that under martial law, anyone between the age of 18 and 60, any male, uh, is required to stay in the city and be available to fight. So anything, anyone between the age of 18 and 60, but they've had 80-year-olds show up yes. and volunteer, oh. you know, which does my heart good too. But, and, and this has led to some families in the early days fleeing to the borders of these countries and getting to the border only to find out that only the women and children can enter the country. The men are not allowed to enter because of martial law. They have to stay and fight in Ukraine. So that's led to one of two things, either the families in total, go back into Ukraine, so they're not split up, hmm. or they are split up, and the wives and children, the women and children, go across the border for safety, and the men return someplace to fight. So that's another dynamic at work here. So there's just and and pray for the children. Hmm. Uh, the whole psychological effect of this on children, who you know are asking parents, uh, uh, why 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 is this happening? What What's going on, and and why do we have to? Why can't we go home? That kind of thing. Um, you know, as parents, it breaks your heart to think about those kinds of things. So there are just a couple of ideas of how to pray. Of course, we pray for peace. We want the fighting to stop. Um, you know, I didn't bring my Bible to the conversation here today, but go to Psalm 33, and uh, right in the middle of that Psalm. Beginning, I think, around verse uh, 13 or so, start reading what it says there about, you know, uh, no leader can can trust his war horses to bring him victory. Right. And it, it ends with talking about the Lord is our shield. It's the Lord who protects us. So to me, that passage has been the, the uh, passage that really I've clung to during this time and, and actually pray that passage back to the Lord uh, many times mm-hmm. during during the last few days here. So many things to pray about, so many things to think through. I've had even some pastors say, you know, it's nice to pray uh, for all of these things, but he goes, I really want to pray the imprecatory Psalms. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's, Break their teeth, right? Yeah, yeah. he's like, I, I, I'm, he goes, it's time to start praying the imprecatory Psalms. And, <laughs> yeah, and there's that. And there's there, that. some of the Psalms are lament. And, they are. And, and, and so we need to pray and lament uh, and weep over what's happening to godly people. Um, that's a part of it as well. That Don't you love the Psalms for that, that oh, gamut that it runs, right? <laughs> Just the, the full expression of human emotions that yeah. you, you, 
in a in a peacetime you you think you know the text but then no, war no. comes and you find out that the depth of that psalm is so yeah. much deeper than we ever could ever know right exactly and that's what I, I love about the scripture yeah. uh, i'm going to ask you to pray for us but before okay. i do um just a quick summary. How can people give through, you mentioned the Far East Broadcasting yep. Company. Yeah, well as- uh, let me mention that website because that website has posted a lot of current news and videos that come from our staff. So they, that's kind of a repository for what's going on within the Far East Broadcasting Ministry. So go to febc.org, Far East Broadcasting Company, febc.org, and you'll find those videos uh, and, and news updates right there. There's also a podcast there that I happen to host with uh, Ed Cannon, the president of the organization. Uh, so that's one thing you can do. And the other is missionurasia.org. And that's where we have the I Care Ukraine project, uh, emergency funding project going on right now to provide food and shelter and medical help and counseling for uh, victims of all of this. So either one of those are, and and I know that Mission Eurasia is almost being overwhelmed with generosity, but that's Mm. what needs to happen. You know, I I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. The goal that we set was a modest goal. And I want to see the Lord just, you know, blow the doors off that goal, you know, and just just lavish the resources on these people who who need the help so desperately right now. Mm. Well, then, Pray for us, and yeah. and yeah. Uh, I would encourage you to give, but just pray for us and, and pray for the people of Ukraine. Yeah. Father, thank you for this opportunity to talk about this um, because it touches on people who are very precious to you. On both sides of this, Lord, there are many people who see the evil behind this and are against it. Lord, we ask that you will open the eyes of world leaders and, and give them wisdom as they deal with this to diffuse the situation, Lord. It's already crossed a line that has, has uh, uh, so tragically affected so many people. And those are people that you love, of course. There are families, there are children. Lord, do you think of the children? Uh, calm their hearts and their minds. Uh, prevent this from, from uh, scarring their psyches, Lord, in the, in the years ahead as they mature, Lord. Um, for those who are wanting to do something, thank you for your, the generosity they've shown already. And thank you for those who will give. Lord, help us um, pave the way for this help to reach the people who really need it. There are obstacles to overcome there. We just ask for you to smooth the way in front of them so that these gifts can be put to the best possible use uh, for your glory and for your purposes, Lord. So thank you. We don't understand why this is happening, Lord, but we know the one who is the sovereign Lord of all these nations. The the king is like water in your hands, Lord, and we pray Mm -hmm. that you will uh, bring about this a peace that we so urgently long for, but we know that the peace that passes all understanding only comes from you. So calm the hearts and minds of our friends in Ukraine and beyond. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wayne. We appreciate you coming on Apollo. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate you doing this, Travis. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's show, everyone. Uh, Stay tuned for next week as we continue back into our regular programming. But if something does come up, we want to be able to talk with you about it and keep you informed of how to pray and how to give and help those that have been affected by this tragedy. I want to thank our team, Kevin, Melissa, Donovan, Eliana, Rebecca, and Audrey. Water your faith, water your world. This is Travis Michael Fleming signing off from Apollo's Watered. Stay watered, everybody.